What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Dusty Dines with your host, TJ Plogger. My... What's going on, Teach? What's up, Mike? Long time. Long Bro, time. It Come has on. been, yeah, it's been a while. We've had a nice little vacay. Uh, yeah, school's just been nutty for me, so I appreciate everyone's patience. And uh, let's get this episode rolling. Oh, absolutely. Good. We got a good one today. We got uh, Jason Martinez. From uh, Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, uh, he was recently let go by 97.5, the Fanatics. So I'm uh, I'm curious to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things too. We got to bring up the recent event with Don Cherry. Kind of get your yeah. input. You know, I, I I have a little bit to say about that, especially about you know how is a poppy flower that. Never mind. We'll, we'll no. talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that'll you know, be after we when J- when Jason gets off, we'll talk about that. Yeah, it's definitely sure. it's definitely one of those things too. And I want to talk a little bit on the Flyers. Uh, definitely a little bit about Joel Farabee, young nineteen year old from the state of New York, man, making some big moves for the Flyers. Oh, just saying. You know, absolutely. Elaine Vigneault is a big fan of the kid, and he got sent down. Now he's back up. He worked his tail off in the A for a little bit. What maybe for like I, two weeks? Got called right yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it, I think it was for two weeks. So I mean, man. So, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, Jason Martinez. How you doing, Jay? Jason, you there, bud? All right. <laughs> I can hear him a little bit. I believe so. Jay, you there? Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, there, there you we go. <laughs> it's like can cutting, you hear us, Jay? Yeah, it's cutting in and out a little bit. Oh, sorry about that. That's a good old anchor for you. <laughs> that's probably my crap ass Wi-Fi. Is what that. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you, man? How have you been? I've been better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not exactly something I'm going to circle on my calendar of life and say, this was a fucking party. But like, <laughs> no. shit, are we allowed to curse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. Rip, you're bro. good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I didn't know if this was like a children's program or not. No, no, no not no. at all. No, you're, you're good. So, um, you know, I hate to bring up the topic, but, you know, when you worked with 97.5, um, who was your most influential person that you have interviewed? I should say at the fanatic. Um, Oh man, I don't think anybody influenced me. If they did, it was probably bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Influential guy that I interviewed. Oh God. I've talked to so many people over the years, maybe like Artie Lang. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 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 Harry was off one day and I had Artie on the show and I've known Artie for a long time because I did rock radio. Yeah, and when I was at YSP, he was doing Stern. So, uh, and he was like, he was like a day and a half out of rehab, and I come to find out like a week later that he was already fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well I, I want to see him, you know, get sober and get healthy and live. Uh, you got to respect his like lack of quit. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, oh, holy fuck. Yeah, dude, the, the guy did so much blow that his nose looks like a deflated balloon. Oh yeah, so you see, it's all over. It's all over Twitter. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, dude, that should have its own Twitter handle. 
frankly. It's probably oh, like shit. a fucking sail in the wind, you know what I mean? Just flapping away. Oh, it, just looks, it looks like a dog, like like a Rottweiler took hold of it, you know? It just used it oh, as like a fucking chew toy. <laughs> one thing, one one thing I wanted to ask you, Jace, is uh, I I listen to the sports radio all the time. How did you deal with the fucking nonsense fans? Uh that's the trick, right? Um, yeah, a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's like that's the thing. It's you know, sports talk radio at least like the way it's done here and a lot of other places is so caller driven. Yeah. And like I love, there's so many callers like I loved, but th- there's a lot of that I that I just fucking hated. You know that mm-hmm. it's just like like do I really need to talk to this fucking idiot today? <laughs> you know guys like that that Kilroy douchebag from North Carolina, yeah, yeah, you know, and these incessant. I- I'm on a I'm on a podcast, honey. So thank you. <laughs> and my daughter just walked down. She's like, "What the hell is he saying?" <laughs> Don't um, worry, huh? <laughs> but like you know these guys like all these idiot cowboy fans in the area and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and guys like Ingi, you know who. Is as sharp as a two by four. So, you know, th- those kind of guys, it, it'll drive you nuts, but it was part of the gig. So, like, you, when you get off the air and you do that for a living, mm-hmm. and you're but, like, holy fuck, what did I just go through almost? Well, well, that, and it's just like, fuck, I'm not listening to sports radio on my ride home. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or my wife would like call me. She's like, I haven't talked to you all day. I'm like, I've been on the phone all day. She's like, you've been working all day. I'm like, yeah, we talk on the phone to fucking idiots all day. <laughs> oh, my. The last God, thing I want to do is talk on the phone. No, I hear you. Did you ever really have an interview like go south? Like anything that you just wanted oh, to like get up dude. and walk out of? Yeah, tons over my whole career. I've been, I've been in radio for God more than twenty six years, Holy which shit. is crazy. Yeah, Holy I mean, fuck, shit. I look great, don't I? <laughs> Beauty, <laughs> fucking beautician. So, yeah, dude, tons of them. Where you're just like, all right, why are we doing this again? I'll, I'll tell you, like, there's I've had a few. Like Braden Coburn was like, it was like trying to freaking pull teeth with no anesthesia interviewing. Was it like talking a wall. Oh my god! He just wasn't interested, and he was kind of like a prick about it, you know. Um, you know, it's weird because Jeff Carter and Mike Richards were that way. Yeah, where they just they were like, "Dude, I don't even want to talk to you," but they had to because they were good players, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was like, you know, like off the air with those guys, I was great. Like we would shoot the shit. Like me and Carter would talk about NASCAR all the time. That's and sick. and he was great, but like when I put a microphone in front of him, he was like, "Like fuck they you, were dude. I'm not giving yeah. you anything because I don't want you to ask for me again." <laughs> you know, so, so you know that kind of thing. Nolan Patrick, the first time I interviewed him, um, it was like the third game of the year in his rookie year, and I thought he was going to fall asleep on the blade of his stick while I was interviewing him. I'm like, you know, a little life here would be cool, <laughs> you know. And but, it's funny that you said it too, because he's such a young kid to be acting like that. Well, he, you know, it, to me, it was like for him, it was uh, he. He was a media savvy kid because he was, you know, he got a lot of attention. He was going to be a number one overall pick, and mm-hmm. not for the injuries, he definitely would have been. But um, he just wasn't interested in it. And you know, some of them are like that. A lot of the young, a lot of the young guys when they first come up in the first time I interview them, like Phil Myers, I thought he was going to pass out. <laughs> he was literally shaking. He was more nervous really? to talk to me in between the periods than he was playing. Mm-hmm. And but like he's got a lot better with it. And you know, a lot of guys they're just they're just so nervous because you know they're not used to being you know asked questions, especially like in between periods of a game. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they and, you know if they played in the CHL or whatever over in Europe, and, and they played any high level of major junior or even like D one, like Farabee did at BU, then those guys, you know, they've talked to media, but it's usually they have a chance to kind of gather their thoughts before they do. You and know, it, go ahead, go ahead. Um, you know, speaking of Joel, real quick, um, watching him the past couple times, getting seeing him get sent back down to Lehigh Valley and then get brought back up. I'm a big fan of the kid, man. 19 years old, playing like he's been in the league for, like, what, four years almost. Like, he's playing really well. Well, he's so silky, you know. Um, he is. Yeah. The thing about him is, you know, one of the things, like, when Hextall was drafting all these guys and, and he drafted, like, you always hear, like, uh, he's a high-character guy or he's a 200-foot player or he drafted he drafted a ton of centers. It doesn't mean they're going to be centers at the NHL level. It just yeah. means that they know how to play at the, in the defensive end. Yep. And and Farabee, I think, will play center. But that being said, you know, the coaching staff's not afraid to put him in any positions because he's always on the right side of the puck. So because he was a center and he knows where to go. And I, the thing that's impressed me most about Farabee, other than his hands, is just his patience in letting plays develop. Like he slows he, down, looks for the F3 guy a lot. Yeah, or he trails the play in the right way, where a lot of guys would just beeline it to the net because they just want, you know, they want to go like simple, stupid, smart, and just like, you know, yeah. zip to the net and figure I'll just clean up messes when I get there. But he's savvy, and he put, you know, w- coaching. We always say the same thing to to kids at all levels. Like once they get to like Pee Wee and they understand this concept, it's like, who's the most dangerous guy on the ice? And it's the most dangerous guy is the guy without the puck. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. so. And he like knows that at the NHL level, so he knows where to go to make himself dangerous, and therefore, you know, be in the mind of the defenders and the goalie. And sometimes the guy without the puck that never even gets the puck is the reason a goal goes in. And he's really good in that regard. And you know, you know and, and in my ahead. opinion, in my opinion with Farabee, and you know, and this is just my opinion, he reminds me a lot of Simone Gagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a bigger like player. That. Yeah, and, but, and the, the thing about him too is. Like I love his hockey IQ and everything, and the league is getting so much younger all across the, you know, all around. Mm-hmm. And he's like the he's one of those kind of guys that can, you know, he w- he was really good at BU, and obviously he was good enough to be drafted high in the first round. But um, I think he's one of those guys that the higher level he goes, the the more success he'll have at that individual level too. Oh, for sure. For I think sure. it's just a skill guy, and the more skill he plays with, the more skill he's going to show. Yeah, so, he just, he, and he show he he shows he's very calm and 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 looks and he knows he belongs there. Oh yeah, yeah, he knows. Yeah, I yeah. love his demeanor though too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was funny because when they did that behind the glass thing and and they decided to send him down, and he pouted for like a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. he was like, mm-hmm. "Well, I, I guess they don't think a nineteen-year-old is good enough to be here." And that was a little bit of like his age and immaturity. Yep. Like, has the dude ever been cut from anything? Probably not. Yeah, you know, I don't even think he's gotten like a paper cut. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like guys that are that good have never been cut from a team. So that's the first time they ever said like, "Hey, you didn't make the team." And it's probably like, "Holy shit, dude! I've, there's no team I've ne- never not made." You know? So, so he kind of was like, and then the next day, Avino in the practice, and I talked to Joel about this, and I asked him if, he, if this was something like he needed to hear. Vino was like, "Go down, do the right things, and you'll be back up here, and you'll be back up for good." And I think he needed to hear it. And yeah. he kind of said that he did. He's like, yeah, you know, you, you're not used to being cut. And then you, you, that happens to you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. It's kind of one of those things. I'm a huge fan of our coaching staff, too, just the way that – oh, geez. We got cut out there. Sorry about that. That's because now my daughter's calling me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Dear, so you guys want kids? I got three for sale. <laughs> I, have, I have three of my own. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you buy one, you get two free over here. My girlfriend <laughs> might get pissed, so I'm good. <laughs> but – um. It's nice, though, to see that, like, kind of what you said, Joel needed to kind of hear that from, you know, our coaching staff. And Elaine Vigneault is just one of those guys that keeps it real with you. And he brought him back up. He's doing the right thing. And well, I so like cool what he's he doing so him. far. He benched yeah. him last night. But he was like, hey, that doesn't mean, like, he's going to be on the pine going forward. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that's been so impressive about Vigneault to me is first of all, just that he's a legit high pedigree coach. We all know that. We mm-hmm. know the success that he had in Montreal, Vancouver, and obviously with the Rangers being so close and taking the last two of those teams, Vancouver and the Rangers, to a cup. But the thing that's been so impressive to me is that he is non-discriminatory. He doesn't care if you've been in the league for 15 years and have 100 points total or you've been in the league 15 years and you're the second leading scorer in the NHL like Giroux is. He doesn't care. So if you're not playing well, he's going to bring it up. Didn't he? Didn't he? Not to interrupt you. I'm sorry, Jason. But didn't he basically reevaluate the entire team in the beginning of the season? Like he told him flat out, like if you're not willing to play, I'm not going to play you. Yeah. Well, it's not only that. It's that you can want to play, but you. It's actually it's it's you're going to need to play, but you're also going to need to play my way. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's badass, man. I love that. And there's a lot of accountability. Like the one game he brought up, it was probably like three weeks ago. You know, they, they played really well, and they ended up getting a win, like you know, like five to two or something. And he said, and he lauded every line, and he and he mentioned them by name, each line. So he mentioned three lines, and then he mentioned the Drew Voracek JVR line. He said, I liked all of them, I, but I didn't like that line. They need to figure it out. Oh <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, money, yeah. You, know, you, you look at that. It's like. <laughs> you know, $24 million on that line. And he was like, no, they sucked, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, but, and, and, I, and I've talked to Claude about it and, you know, people are like, oh, is Claude going to get all pissy about it? I'm like, dude, no, nobody wants to win more than him. And he, he's already self-accountable. So oh, yeah, he's a, he's a good captain, man. I can't take that away from him. Uh, yeah, you know, half the people in this market will rip off the sea because of yeah, lack of team no. success. No, it's not his fault, and that's what people don't understand. That's what people that don't understand hockey just like they're in it just for the fucking contact, the the fighting, the bullshit. You know? Yeah. Well, they look at it too, and like they go, uh, you know, they see a lack of team success, and and a team that get, they think that Jeru's supposed to walk around the locker room to talk each player and get them like individually hyped up to play a game. Like, dude, these are fucking pros. Mm-hmm. If yep. they're not ready to play a game, then that's on them. You know, I don't put that on. My captain's not there to do that. My captain's there to lead every day. And and it's not like it's one guy that's the leader. Like, they'll rip off the C and give it to Simmons. Well, fuck, he's pretty much got a C on his jersey anyway. The yeah. C just means that you can talk to the refs and you're the guy that comes out when the Rome's burning to talk to the media. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Even with Simmer, it was one of those things like, I hate to see him leave just because, you know, I respected him from a fan perspective, but also watching him just stick up for everyone on the team. Like, he was just one of those guys that would do anything for anyone on the team. Sucks seeing yeah. him leave. Yeah, he was a glue guy for sure. He was such a good guy. Um, and it, it, it sucks more so, you know, that, like, he never had a half a step to lose. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was when he came in, when he started with the Flyers, he was a b- way below average skater. He improved on it a lot. But mm-hmm. when you go through the rigors and banging and everything that he did and age and you have you, you lose a quarter or a half a step, a lot of guys can get away with that. He's not a guy that can, and you're and you're seeing it catch up with him now. It's unfortunate, and that's the shitty part too, man. It's like I'm a little worried, not necessarily from like our defensive perspective or from our offensive perspective, but like honestly, Carter Hart is fifty fifty with me lately. Like this season has been a rough start for him. Had a little bit of a pickup, and now it's kind of like we're going to shootouts almost what every other game. I feel like. Yeah, he's been tremendous, though. I mean, like last night, you look at the game and oh, the he played very got, well. Yeah, the only reason they they even got a point out of that game was was his goaltending was phenomenal, um, especially in the first period, and they get away with just you know being down one nothing. And the thing is with him is he, he's a rhythm goalie. He got to touch the puck. I think there was like four and a half minutes gone in the first, and I was actually at the game last night, and I was up in the press box watching it with. Um, the guy who's the Flyers e-bug, the emergency backup, mm-hmm. is the guy that I sit next to in the press box. And I'm like, Jesus, they're on pace to get like 64 shots tonight. But they were all from the outside, you know. They were just – it was pitch and catch, but a goalie loves that, especially early in a game. Oh, yeah. He wants to touch the puck a little bit, make some saves, get in the rhythm of a game. And when he does that and he settles in, he's really good. Um, he, he's His mental toughness is, is way beyond his years. He's yeah. humble. He's very humble. Yeah, and just his mental preparation. And, you know, everybody sees kind of the um, the ritualistic things that he does with the water bottle, looking at the water. You know, he uses that as a reset and a refocus every stoppage and does all those things ritually. But so I've gotten a lot of questions. People are like, well, why does he do all these things? And, and the simple answer is this, is that goalies want to control everything. It's why, like, after their career, a lot of goalies or during their career, they end up being very OCD because you try and control everything because when you play the game, mm-hmm. you have no control as a goalie. It's sure. a reactive position. So you, you have some control and you try and determine things and you try and limit, you know, you, you try to force shooters into positions that you want to put them in, but ultimately you have no control. So you have to react to your surroundings. So what you do is you control every other element of game day. And he does that every minute down to the minute is controlled for him. He knows exactly what he's doing in his routine every minute, so, you know, three hours before a game, there's not a minute that's different. Any other, any time, everything is planned out accordingly so he can control it. That, that, that's the yeah. one thing that, you know, you got to really respect to, especially at a young age, he's only 21 and, yeah. you know, he, like I said, it's almost like Joel, he's playing like he's been in the league for four or five years um, and it's one of those things too for Carter. It's nice to have Moose as not necessarily as a backup, but almost as like a mentor for him. Yeah, you know, I started talking about that last year that I thought that Elliot was the perfect guy to transition into that role. A lot of people didn't agree with me at the time, um, and everybody was assuming it was going to be Talbot because he trained with him, but Talbot wasn't ready to transfer into that role. Correct. Yeah. Elliot was. You know, some goalies when they get up there, they go. Like Steve Mason's a prime example where he was kind of on the downside a little bit. And he was like, well, I'm not signing a contract unless I, ha- I can have an opportunity to start. Mm. Well, where is he now? He's out of the league. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he could have collected a million and a half, two million dollar paycheck for the next five years if he would have will- you know, been a willing guy 
in the lesser part of a tandem, you know, to get 25 to 30 games a year, maybe 32, 35. But, um, and Elliot was fine transferring into that role. And he's, you know, it's weird because when Elliot was, was signed here, I got a message from a guy to Calgary that I know and said, good luck, man. You know, he, he's a bit of a surly dude. And I guess he was in Calgary. He just had a kid. I don't know. But mm-hmm. ever since he came here and my experiences with him and the team's experiences with him, he's been off the charts. Great teammate, great leader, holds himself accountable. So he's the perfect guy for, for a young goalie like him. And he can still play. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, so, that, that's the plus side. Yeah. When he's healthy, I mean, he, he's, he's above average in the NHL. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a top 14 goalie if he's healthy. But the last couple of years, he was dealing with the core injury and the surgery and he came back the one year way too early from that core injury and the surgery because they had no choice but um this off season i talked to him at the beginning of camp and and he i'm like how was your summer he's like i got to train he didn't have to rehab he trained so it made it's made all the difference you can see it in this game uh Uh, did you got a you got a question or no i i I don't know if this is off topic, Jason, but where where do you where do you plan on moving forward here? Do you have anything in the works with you? Yeah, I've t- I've talked to a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. So I got zipped on what Halloween two weeks ago today. Okay. Um, and really, the only day I didn't have any conversations or meetings with was the day after because I wasn't planning on getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I've had a lot of conversations. Um, and now I'm trying to. You know, a lot of a lot of opportunities have kind of popped up in front of me, but now I'm trying to figure out staying you know, in staying in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, I'm not okay, moving. Good. Okay, yeah, good. I'm not moving. <laughs> good. No, no, I'm not leaving. I, I'm just too comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a few a, a while back, I was thinking about I was going to move. I was thinking about moving to Toronto. I had an opportunity there about eight years ago, but no, my kids are so entrenched here. I was born and raised here. Okay. Um, I'm coaching here, all that stuff. So no, I'm not moving. Nice. But yeah, I got some, I got, you haven't heard the last from me. Oh, that's so. good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like to hear I yeah. mean, yeah. fuck man. Yeah, I, the hate, I know the haters interviews. are like, smashing I know, their I know when I, when, when I saw that, I, my, I, my dad actually, my dad's the one that notified me right away. And he's like, would you believe this bullshit? And I'm like, what? And yeah. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much my reaction. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. I'm like, wow. I like laughed. I'm like, what are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I have a freaking ten share right now, and you're gonna zip me. And it's just you know one of those corporate things, and you know That's when stock dog shit though. Yeah, when stocks trade below uh, three dollars for a public company that you work for, they start making irrational decisions, and I got the doors uh, as part of it. But you know, it's weird because, well, I, obviously I wouldn't you know, have wanted it to happen, but mm-hmm. what's going to be on the other side may be better. So yeah, but every, forward. every, everything happens for a reason. You yeah. Look at that it, way, you know? If one more fucker says to me, when one door closes, another one opens, I'm going <laughs> to slam a door <laughs> over his head. <laughs> hey, Jason, this could be my last question for you, but um, it's kind of one of the first ones that I asked you, um, but who made the greatest impact uh, in your career for you? Um, in radio? Yeah. Um, well, I had, you know, it's, it's weird because, like, I wasn't one of those guys growing up that wanted to be on the radio. Um, so, oh, no shit. What made you get in there? What, what well, made you get in radio? I you know, I, like, I listened, you know, God, when I was, like, you know, in high school and stuff, sports radio was in its infancy. 
I mean, I graduated high school in 1991 and the format really kind of started in 87. Um, so this was like sports radio wasn't a big thing at that time. And then, but I had a teacher in high school, a guy named Tony Rotunda, who like had, you know, everybody has like one teacher that had an impact on him. And he was the guy that had an impact on me. And he was my public speaking teacher. And he was just like, he was, he was just great. And he was like, yeah, oh, you know how to think about doing radio and blah, blah, blah. And, Cause I just did really well in his class. And I never, and even after that, I was like, whatever. So when I, uh, I was in college and I, I was a, <laughs> I was a forestry major. <laughs> no shit. No way. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I wanted to sit in the woods, like, you know, probably like get high and like look at trees and shit, you know? And, and I was, uh, but then I realized like I'm at Penn state. And I'm like, dude, there's so much math and science in this. And, like, with math and science, there's a definitive answer. You're like, fuck that. Yeah, like, I can't bullshit my way through it because, like, two plus two equals fucking four. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out that what two plus two equaled at the time. So I'm like, you know, I got to get out of this major. I'm going to fail out. So I changed my major to broadcast cable communications. And it, I, and I still, like, like just kind of, like, lucked into it because – I was working at a beer distributor when I was in college and drive through beer distributor at Penn state. Mm-hmm. And this dude came in, I just changed my major in the summer. So it's like mid August. Right. And this guy comes in to buy a case of beer and he's got like real long hair and he's got a radio station hat on and he pays with a check. And his name was Ed Wank. And I'm, I'm like, I need your ID to make sure he's good for the check. You know, yeah. I'm like, Oh, you that wank in the morning guy. He was the morning guy at the rock station up there. He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I just changed my major to radio. I was thinking about doing an internship. And he's like, hey, man, we need an intern for the fall. I'd love to have the beer guy, right? So he's like, come into the station tomorrow um, if, you know, after the show, meet with the show, and we'll see if we can do something. So I went in, met him in the show and everything. And a week later, I started my internship doing rock radio. And then that was 26 years ago. Wow. That's badass. So thanks yeah. to Wank. Yeah, yeah. Good old Ed Wank. <laughs> and then uh so i did rock radio for a bunch of years like the first part of my career and i came back to philly in uh 98 and i worked for ysp Mm -hmm. and i was there for a while and the state the company that owned ysp was cbs radio or infinity broadcasting at the time and they owned wip and kyw and all those stations so i ended up somehow going over to wip when tom bigby the old program director was having bypass and I would just go there like three days a week and I was a voice actor for him. I would just go in and read commercials and promos and stuff and then leave. And then eventually one thing led to another and I ended up at WIP for about 12 years and, and then uh, ended up at the fanatic and now I'm looking for a job. <laughs> so, no, I'll tell you fuck. what, man. Yeah. It's been a wild ride. I've really worked a day in my life. It, it kicks the shit out of working for a living. No, I, I definitely agree with Absolutely. you on that. I'm going to fucking miss your interviews, man. I'll tell you that much. Well, you never know. You better get back <laughs> never on know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You never, you never know what can say. happen. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, there's a lot of different, you know, weird, uh, not weird, but some are obvious and opportunities that look like they're in front of me. So I just got to figure out what, what I'm going to do and how it's going to work out and how it's going to piece together. But, yeah, like I said, Doug, um, you know the haters. Sorry, guys, but you haven't gotten rid of me yet. <laughs> Bro, fuck, fuck the haters. That's what I mean. They're your motivators. So that's the way you go look at it. Yep. Oh, I love fucking with them. It's so great because yeah. <laughs> they're such like they don't realize like the trolls like like they don't realize that I'm trolling them. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Trolls make me laugh. It, it like makes my day. It's like thank They're you like, for why are you getting laugh. so mad? I'm like, dude, I'm not mad. I'm fucking with you, dumb <laughs> shit for brains. <laughs> yeah, so, like that's the thing with social media. Like you can't like since the advent of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like somebody asked me this one time, like, what's the biggest problem with the world today? I was like, the fact that we can't eradicate dumb. <laughs> because, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, because all the dumb have a voice now on Twitter, uh-huh. and so, but and everybody's got a fucking opinion, and it's just, and that's fine. Having opinions fine. A lot of it's uneducated, but whatever. <laughs> Pretty much how it is. Welcome to the United States of America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the land of the dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Teach but, you anything, brother? Nah, Jason, thank you for coming on. We uh we wish you nothing but the best of luck. I appreciate it, boys, man. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, always, Jason. Good talking to you, brother. All right, thank boys. You. See ya. Have a good one. So, real quick before we get into our next topic, um, for most people out there, if you don't know, if you're growing a beard, uh, especially now it's winter time, go to uh Bear Beards on Facebook, look up uh all their types of promos and type of merchandise they got coming out with. But if you guys want to purchase any of their products, such as beard oil bombs, uh, any types of chapstick merchandise, even combs, go to Etsy.com, type in Bear Beards, B-A-R-E Beards, and it'll give you the link. TG, ready to roll? I'm ready to rock, man. Uh, I that, that was a I, I tell you, like listening to Jason on the radio, it's like it's like listening to him on the radio. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny, man? It, it's funny. It how do I say it? It cracks me up to hear his side of a lot of things because he's just honest about it, man. Like, he knows he kind of got fucked. Like yep. that, that's the one thing that just really sucks because he. I thought he was very good. You know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, host. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. He was. And what what's that great about sucks. him? What's great about him is he's he's a hockey guy. Oh yeah, hundred ten percent, hundred and ten percent. Sounds like Jimmy guy. J. Oh yeah, for sure. So for sure. you want to bring up uh, Don Cherry? Yeah, I, you know I don't know if I want to bring up Don Cherry first or this dumb fucking asshole Jess Allen. Well, you tell me what you want to bring up first. I'm ready to go, man. It's just I'm very it's very frustrating. First, let's go over Don Cherry for people that haven't heard us give his side of the story. And then after that, let's go over that dumb bitch. Okay. So my thing is with Don, right? Mm -hmm. I served in the military, did six years. um, And my thing is buying a poppy, right? This is the whole thing where he came at a lot of people where he says, you folks or you people or like you people that come to like us. It's like almost saying like a vacationer. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's something he's been using since he's been on broadcast for I don't know how many years, you know? And the fact that he got blasted and I I get it. His antics all the time aren't the best. He, He comes off like a jackass sometimes, but it's Don Cherry. You know what I mean? Like I grew up watching his suits. I grew up just listening to him and like just, just getting it. You know, you're just like, all right, well, Don, shut the fuck up. You know, what I mean? yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like listening to like Pierre Maguire. Like, all right, Pierre, like get the fuck off the air. But, and now he is. But it, it, it I don't know. I just don't think that he should have got fired for that. I and really it, don't. If if you look at it, Mike, you know what I mean. It's. The guy, he's very, he's very outspoken. We yeah. get that, you know. We get that, you know. And he grew up in a time frame where 
You could say that kind of stuff. Yep. Now, now in the world, you gotta you gotta be careful what you say. Even like you know, Adrian, she said she knew the topic we were doing tonight. She's like, tread tread your water, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tread because it's a voice of opinion. Like I'm not gonna sit there and you know be a fucking total asshole to somebody. But if you look at Don Cherry's videos through the years. What's the what's the one thing you have in common through the years that he said in his videos? You people, you, you people, people, you yeah. people. Okay. Now, if you could say, what's the difference if you go, you guys, or yeah, there's yeah. not you guys, you people, like everybody, like it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, very. Uh, you want me? You want me to just be flat out honest? Because I don't give. Well, all right, I do kind of care, but it's one of those things that you need to stop being so goddamn soft. Like it the population is. and the generation coming up in this world is so unbelievably soft. Like this transgender shit, and like, listen, I get it. We all bleed the same blood. I, that's me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what you are, what you like, identify yourself as. My thing is, why does everyone have to make it almost like? Uh, a drama or like a, a pity me like, because it, it's it's you know it, it's he was being sympathetic to the troops of the canadian services you know what i mean yeah that's just like our veterans day or a memorial day you know what i mean like it's us recognizing the fallen just like Absolutely. you know us just buying like i bought a poppy and that's one of those things, you know, it's funny, like, I'll be completely honest, I wouldn't have bought it unless I was going to get coffee in the morning. And there's, you know, um, American Legion outside and like, hey, you want to buy a poppy? I was like, absolutely. Oh, hell you know, yeah. like, I got a form for it. And I was mm-hmm. I, I read up more about it. And I was like, you know what, like, it was a dollar. And I'm sorry for people that don't understand it, or people will get offended by it. But like, that's you. I, I I, like, know, I, I I get what he's saying, you know, and if, if you're going to you're going to move to this, if you're going to move to Canada and want to be a citizen and that's where you want to live, get that milk and honey, baby. You, you know what I mean? It, it, it's the truth. It, it really is the truth that you have. If you're going to move to a country where you want to start your life and your life is going to continue, support that country, support the troops, support the fallen. You know what I mean? That's right. and, and for a lot of people that. Like, they don't realize, they think war is just one of those games. It's, listen, you have to understand that when we sign up for our contracts, when we sign up for our job, and, like, we know what we're going in for, it's one of those things that we're obligated because we love our country. Mm -hmm. 9-11, you know, that's one of those things that devastated us from the get-go. And I was in second grade when that happened. And that's one of those things I, like, told myself, I was like, you know what, like... Um, I'm going to join the military when I get out. And when I got out of high school, I went right to the military. And I don't regret it one second. And for people to think that, you know, this whole Don Cherry should get fired because he made, like, you guys. Listen, I don't care if what race you are, what color you are. You come to my country, like, I protected you or my friends protected you. It's, it's one of those things that, like, no matter what you are, like, I will always protect my country. Oh, for sure. And, and that's how Don Cherry was being like. It's like, if you're going to come to our country and basically say that you want to live here, 
you should go out and you know support our troops that protect this country and i agree with them like mm-hmm. that's that's just my personal opinion and if people get offended by that i apologize but at the same time like stop being soft yeah and, and nobody talks about all the good things that don cherry has done yes and the nobody best part is nobody talks about he it. he also was a phenomenal junior coach and on top of that it's just i think he was a great broadcaster and he was very real with people people didn't like that but i did i'm the type of person that i don't like beating around the bush if you're just blunt honest i like that like mm-hmm. there's no there's no point of sugarcoating shit there's none and he was a very good guy with that and the fact that he got fired for doing his job. Just blows my mind, dude. So it's it. Uh, Can we change the subject? I want yeah, to change on to this next. This yeah. Check. So, to, everybody knows what's going on with Don Cherry, and then you have this this girl, woman, whatever you want to call her, on the social up in Canada. Yeah. It's basically like the View, but for Canadians. Is that okay to say? Yeah. 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 I don't know if I could say Canadians. Is that, yeah. is that good? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's I don't like a sharp thing. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so she comes out, you know, with her statements, basically, you know, her personal experience with white hockey players. And like, what? Like, <sighs> <laughs> oh, God, I, I can go a lot of ways with this. You know, it's it, she has her personal experience with hockey players. Okay, that doesn't make all hockey players bad. It doesn't make you know the whole population of hockey players bad. You know, she sits there and bad mouths like she she doesn't understand the tight knit community of hockey players and what the hockey community brings to everyone. You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing. I think when she was growing up and I don't know, like what happened to her? Cause that was what Jess Allen. Yeah. 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 So when she basically blasted Don Cherry and like Canada saying that, you know, Oh, well this is like apparently our national support and we're united by it. But every single time that I think about, you know, hockey, it's a bunch of like white boys just being jerks and whatnot. And, it's like, and, and bullies. And yeah, bullies. I'm sorry. Like, it's not like that. It, it's really not. I, I don't know if where you went to school, where you grew up. And I'm sorry if those guys were that to you, but Mike, Mike, I could tell you, I, I played juniors up in Canada. Not one time, not one time did i get bullied for being an american kid playing in canada and and you know what cracks me up too is now it's like she's apologizing knowing that she's in the wrong because you have to understand you might think that you only affected a small community of hockey players but in the hockey world we're huge and yeah and she doesn't get that you know what i mean you sit there and you know she says, you know, you could take $5,000 on going on a vacation. You know what I mean? Explore the world. You know what I mean? No. Take that money. Invest in something. Like, if you have a kid, my kid right now, okay, wants to play in the NHL. That's his dream. Okay? Mm-hmm. Sits there and says he wants to play in the NHL. Am I going to sit there and deny his dream? Absolutely not. I will fucking work nine fucking jobs to pay for my kid's hockey. So he can fulfill his dream. Okay. So for her to say there that you need to take that money and, and go for a fucking trip, fucking go fuck yourself, Jess. That's what I got to say. Okay. Yeah. 
Because in hockey, okay, you can go all over the world, okay? You, you and I, Mike, last year, if it wasn't for hockey, this podcast would not be happening. I would have yep. never, never met you. You and I would never become really, really, really close friends. Like, I consider you like a brother. I love you like a brother. And I tell you that all the time. You know what I mean? And, yeah. that's, and that's what hockey does to you. You know what I mean? You know, hockey does it, you know, in ways where, you know, the kids I coach. You know what I mean? For example, Tucker. You know what I mean? Keyshawn. AZ. I still talk to AZ to this day, and the kid is in fucking Kazakhstan. And you know what kills me, man? It's just the fact that she grew up around politics, the fact that she's in basically the social. Yeah. What do you think and that's it, about? Drama. And, you know, and you sit there, and, and, you know, I'm sitting there, and obviously, you know, you and I do our homework, you know, on YouTube and the Internet. And I'm sitting here, you know, tonight watching YouTube videos of this, you know, shit going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, they had a reporter. A reporter went out. A guy reporter went out and interviewed the people in line. Some people had no comment. Okay, yeah. but every person they interviewed was a female, and every female bad mouthed the guy. Okay, but that's what I'm, I mean. not, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's a sexist thing. I'm just saying in general, like, don't sit there and bad mouth. You know, people because you know again, girls play hockey. Boys play hockey. Okay. Yep. If it if it wasn't for hockey, I would have never met my wife. Do you know so what I mean? That's I, what I mean. It's just I would I would have never met her. The fact that you know she's trying to make hockey seem like not necessarily an irrelevant sport, but a fact that it's like a very nasty sport. It's not, man. Like it's a beautiful game, and the fact that. There, yes, we have – it's almost like lax bros. You know what I mean? Like everyone has that like – that, you know, that narrative like, oh, he's a lax bro. Like, oh, yeah. probably like a douche. I know a lot of guys that play lacrosse, really good guys. You know, soccer guys, you call them a foot fairy. You know, it's like everyone has like those stereotypes to look at certain sports and like – or like their mentality and be like, oh, well, they're preppy kids or like – you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense. That's when people like – if you're going to start judging people, that's where it's all from inside. Thing. It's all from inside, Mike, because she it has is. a she had a bad experience probably with one hockey player. She probably messed around with a hockey player. He probably told her was up, probably cheated on her. And then that would that, that that's what makes a bad hockey player. Right. Because yeah. us, all of us hockey players are bullies. That's what we are. You know, yeah. and it, it, it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. You know, she's sitting here fucking treading water now. You watch you watch tape of her, you know, video of her on the fucking internet, and she's literally reading off a fucking prompter. Like you and I right now, not reading off a prompter. No. Okay. Her, she's reading off prompter because she's a fucking puppet with a hand up her fucking ass, m- fucking mouthing, doing her fucking mouth right now because she's a fucking puppet. Fucking bullshit, man. It, it shit like that aggravates me because, like, you know, if even if I didn't have kids that played hockey, it still would fucking piss me off because I look at my kid, my kid, okay, loves to go to the rink, loves to hang out with his teammates. You know, the bond between him and his teammates is unreal. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and you know, the coach, the coaching staff that he has, the team manager he has, everyone's all in together, okay. And that's what hockey does. And she doesn't see this because, you know, hockey doesn't matter to her right now. 
If it doesn't matter to you, why do you open your fucking mouth and take the story about Don Cherry? Because it's easy publicity. Oh, absolutely. That's why, bro. You know it. You know it. Go ahead. No, yeah. It's just kind of one of those things, man. Like, I don't know. Like, that whole story just sucks because I like Don Cherry and I don't want to see him go. Again, it's it's the same thing as, you know, what's going on with Jason right now. Yeah, yeah. that guy, he's going to get picked up by anybody and he's going to take Coach's Corner or something or whatever he's going to do and take it to another network. It sucks that it, it happened the way it did, but it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move on, man. It really is. Oh, yeah, especially for Jason. He definitely has room to grow. I'm not worried about it. He He's going to do fine. I, I respect him. And that's one of those things that – Dude, I just look at I just, ugh, I just look at this girl's face and it annoys the shit out of me. Well, don't look at it. It's like <laughs> looking at my face in the mirror. I know. I'm looking mirror. I'm looking at Twitter right now and it's like fuck. Hey, it's so well, annoying. I'll tell you right now, hey. to uh end on a good note, for people if you guys want to go check out Goodwood Hockey, um go to goodwoodhockey.com. Check out Kelly and check out John Chiavo's page. Let us know what you guys think. They also have merchandise if you guys want to purchase anything. Um, so, yeah, go to goodwoodhockey.com. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah, guys, if you guys are in a need for uh, a sick hockey stick, gloves, hats, even bags now. They they even got uh, jogger pants now, Mike. is uh, Go check out AT8 Hockey. On, Bro, I've uh, been it's... nipping with the AT8 stick. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's, Those gloves are comfy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not exaggerating. Like this sticks nice, dude. They're fucking ridiculous. You know they're I mean? really fucking... nice. Go, uh, go check the AT8 out. AT8 Hockey on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, go give them a follow. Tell them we sent you, and uh, the promo code to them is uh, Dusty Dimes. Anything else, dude? You good? Oh yeah, my my bad. I thought you had one more, Mike, and. Uh, you guys are in Jersey for your Jersey needs for men's league, your kids league, your beer league, your beer pong league, whatever you want. Go check out uh, Dangle Productions uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And just want to let you guys know that we will we we will be having current NHL New Jersey Devils defenseman Connor Carrick next week. Uh, it's it's been hectic here with. Uh, Mike's schedule, Mike's schedule, and my schedule, and uh, also Connor's schedule. He's rehabbing a, a finger injury, so uh, we will have him on next week, and it's confirmed. Yeah, trust me, we're not important. He is, so we'll make it happen for you guys. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate you guys sticking around with us. Sorry for the delay with uh, making another epi, but uh, you know, I got school, I, I do I do, I do got one thing to say for you, Mike. Yeah. I, I got a knock knock joke. Oh fuck! Before we leave. All right, let's hear it. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go. Go. Go fuck yourself, Jess Allen. Stay dusty, everyone. (laughs) Fucking A, man. Stay dusty. (laughs)